Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to Clash of the Titles, the podcast that takes two movies with something in common and compares and contrasts them before deciding which one did it best. On today's show, setting sail in 1958, it's a night to remember about the sinking of the Titanic. While setting sail in 1997, it's Titanic, which is about the sinking of the Titanic. How many people are there on board? 2,200 or more. And room in the boats for... How many? 1,200. This is the epic drama of the greatest disaster in the history of the sea. Goodbye, my dear son. here with me. I figure life's a gift and I don't intend on wasting it. So which one are we sinking? You're about to find out in Clash of the Titles. Release the Kraken! Hello Clash Podders, I'm Chris Tilly. I'm Vicky Crompton. No Alex this week, so this is a voyage for just two. Nice. Uh, how are you I'd doing? I'd let you on my piece of wood. You know that, don't you? Don't spoil jokes for later. <laughs> oh, shit. Is that all we've got? <laughs> I'll just cross that off. Thank you, Vicky. I would. I think we could take turns. Wouldn't that ensure survival for us both? I, I'm skipping to the end ever so slightly. Yeah. So, yeah. We just. Um, we've we, done the end of the next episode already. Yeah. Yeah, perfect. It's like a teaser. <laughs> uh, how are you feeling? Feeling all right. 
Yeah? Yeah. We've I... got to go on a very long journey now with only two of us. Well, you say that, but my Titanic... I've, I'm skipping through it because it's such a familiar film to, yeah. to me and to everybody. Yeah, we can just do edited highlights of that one. <laughs> yeah. um, but it's been fun doing these, these this week. I wasn't sure about A Night to Remember, but now I'm really happy we're doing it. I'm glad you're happy. <laughs> I found it a bit of a slog but it, because, because I'd seen Titanic... Yeah. And they're very similar. Well, yeah, stop copying James Cameron. <laughs> I know. Are you allowed to do what he did? Does I, he get. Does, does I mean, he, he had the, the author of the book um, that The Night to Remember is based on. Uh, he actually helped with Titanic. What, because he wrote he, the book? He worked on, no, he worked on Titanic as a, right. as a, as a advisor. Yeah. Showed so, him the film, said just, there it is yeah. right there. Just loads of effects. And then <laughs> effects, romance. Romance. The rest, is, the rest is sorted. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, the clue you gave last week, Vicky. Was the band played on and again. Great clue. Thanks. Uh, the clue I gave was, next week won't be plain sailing. Oh, nice. <laughs> um, and everyone guessed Poseidon Adventure, which we've already done. We've done that, yeah. Um, until people, a lot of people guessed music movies because of your clue. Oh, of course. Yeah, it's nothing to do with sailing, though. Uh, so, yeah, we weren't doing very well until Craig got it. Right. Well done, Craig. Yeah, 100%. Uh, congrats to you. Your prize is a worthless Picasso painting because that guy will never amount to anything. <laughs> Don't get me started. Um, right, let's just jump in. Uh, you're doing the business on Thursday, so let me let the trailer for A Night to Remember take you on a journey today. The 14th of April, 1912. A night to remember. A night when the largest, most luxurious liner of her day was speeding across the North Atlantic on her maiden voyage. No expense had been spared to make this ship a symbol of man's final victory over nature. Her first-class passengers were the very cream of society. The aristocrats from Europe and millionaires homeward bound to America. In the steerage class, everyone enjoyed their own kind of boisterous fun. <laughs> then there were the second-class passengers and the crew. 2,208 happy, confident people speeding across a flat, calm sea in a ship that everyone knew was unsinkable. Absolutely unsinkable. The ship was called the Titanic. And then it sunk. <laughs> the end. <laughs> There you go. That's my intro done. Is that what passed for a trailer back then? <laughs> that was half the trailer. Okay. And then the second half was the bad stuff happening. Right, fine. Uh, they were quite long back in the day, though. Yeah, and very descriptive. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Did my job for me. Yeah, no jeopardy there. Um, so I didn't do connection section, because obviously we established it's a remake. Yeah. Um, but I'll just do a little bit of history. Um the Titanic. I just I looked into some Titanic movies right. leading up to this. Uh, it, the Titanic sunk in 1912. Mm -hmm. In 1914, an actress who was on the Titanic and survived made a movie about the Titanic in which she starred and wore the same dress she wore on the Titanic. Flipping heck. That's uh, cutbacks for you, isn't it? <laughs> and it was lost in a fire a couple of years later, sadly. Right. And then there was a war and there's a lot going on at that particular yep. time. Right. Yeah. We've got the Nazi version in 1943. I'm going to have more of that later. That sounds interesting. Yeah, it re it's really interesting. It was, made, it was a propaganda movie made by Goebbels, um, anti-capitalist about British greed um, killing... Uh, their own people. Okay. Um, I can see how you can put that spin on it. Yeah. Uh, there was a musical called The Unsinkable Molly Brown. 
Yes. You need to tell me more about this because my notes like the Kathy Bates character, the Kathy Bates person. But I, I believe she was real and she really did all that stuff. Oh, yeah. She's, a, yeah. she's quite the character. A huge person in the suffragette movement. Right. Um, they, uh, they made Raise the Titanic in 1980. I remember that was one of the biggest ever British flops. Right. <laughs> and then they found the Titanic in 1985. James Cameron found it. Um, which I remember. So going back into history a little bit, how, where did you first see this film? Do you remember them finding the Titanic? Oh, no, I don't think I. You do. would have been little. I you would, would have been little. Yeah, I don't. I remember my. <laughs> yeah, no, I will say this. One of my earliest memories of the Titanic. So you remember, I always said I was obsessed with like ghost books, mm-hmm. and the Titanic would get a mention, like a quite ghoulish mention, about, like in books about unexplained mysteries about was it a curse or something. It's like no, it was just poor design and then in ghostbusters 2 yeah the titanic pulls up it does. in new york and that's really where my interest started mm-hmm. because of ghostbusters 2 and then i i know the basics and then obviously i saw the 97 titanic so mm. that's it but this is new to you a night to remember definitely yeah never heard of it so how this came up was we were in the pub a little while ago and alex's friend johan suggested a bunch of pairings i believe including this one and i said oh i think a friend of my family was involved I with the him. titanic <laughs> And then I was like, oh, no, or was it the bridge on the River Kwai? (laughs) And you all laughed at me. I was killing myself We were a bit pissed. You all laughed a lot. So I went and and pretended I was going to the bar. I went and phoned my dad. (laughs) Turns out we knew someone involved with the Titanic and bridge on the River Kwai. (laughs) Two different people. Two stories I got confused from when I was five years old. It's really funny. (laughs) Was it tight? And then you were like, oh, no, no. It was was definitely the bridge. Um, So it turns out a friend of my dad's called David Gibbs... Uh, a mate from Gulf. Right. Uh, his cousin uh, is second officer Charles Lightoller, or was. Right. Obviously. And so uh, we'll, we'll get on to Lightoller, but he's the main character in A Night to Remember. So David Gibbs gave my dad uh, his cousin's book, gave him a copy of the film. Uh, and I, so I watched this film when I was very little. And I remember my dad telling me what David Gibbs had told what was in the book that his, his cousin, Lightoller, remembers being dragged under by a falling funnel and then exploding up like a cork coming out of a bottle of champagne, Ooh. which I'll always remember. Yeah. But um, yeah, quite a character. So I watched this when I was quite young to watch it, really, probably seven, eight, maybe. And I, I, can, I have a distinct memory of asking my mum what was going on with the man dressed as the woman getting on the boat. What? A bloke that? disguised himself as a woman towards uh, the end. Oh, and sorry, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, t- t- yeah, yeah. Because it's to men and women the, children yeah. first. And I remember my mum saying to me, that man's a coward. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> that is, oh, that's like prison memoirs. It was, it's it's just, the, it was the 80s. And that's how I ended up here. <laughs> Never forgotten that moment, mum. <laughs> so, yeah, and as I say, I, I remember when they found the Titanic. It was one. It was two memories from childhood of being on the news all day, finding the Titanic, Nelson Mandela coming out of prison. <laughs> Um, <laughs> this one wasn't as exciting. <laughs> um, so yeah, let, let's do a bit of background. Um, so it was a 1955 book by Walter Lord called A Night to Remember. He interviewed 63 survivors of the disaster and he drew on books, memoirs and articles that they've been written. So it's basically, this is as close as you can get to the story because we're so far away from it now, it's hard to get that first-hand uh, account. Um, it was turned into a TV movie in 1956 and then a proper cinema movie in 1958 so the producer William McQuitty apparently um, he saw the launch of the Titanic when he was six years old which uh, is amazing so I guess that started off an obsession for him Um, he got the movie made uh, by using uh, they used blueprints of the ship to create authentic sets 
Um, fourth officer Joseph Boxall and ex-Carnard Commodore Harry Grattage worked as technical advisors on the film. So they had people on set that were there, which is, I think, um, you know, I, this I think is as realistic as it gets. I always thought 97 because it's Cameron, but this, he's changed and added a lot of stuff. Whereas here, we're, they're just trying to show you tell what, you, yeah, show you what exactly happened. Exactly what happened. It's documentary style in many scenes, isn't it? I would it? say so, yes. Yeah. So um, it was the most expensive English movie ever made at the time. And that's because it starred some people um, who I came to know and love years later. This film stars Q, Pussy Galore, Cat Weasel, <laughs> The Man from Uncle and Boba Fett. Yeah. They're all in it. <laughs> I didn't recognise everyone. I didn't recognise Cat Weasel, although, you know Cat Weasel, do you remember him? No. That was weird. Yeah, a children's <laughs> show not to go back to. Uh, Man from Uncle is obviously David McCallum. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's very good in it. But yeah, and um, and Honor Blackman yeah. has, a, has a really good role, I think. In who this. Is, who is I know her, but... She's Pussy Galore in, um, yes. in James Bond. In this film, I was looking. She is. She is the rich wife um, who's. Oh, she looks complete. I know you mean mm. now. She looks completely different to me. But beautiful. Oh, of course. Yes. Yeah, and the, with, the, with the sad story with the children. Yes, really. But we'll we'll get to that. The uh, sad story being that her husband hates their daughters. Is it that family? Loves the son. Oh, we'll get to it. Yeah, way. yeah. No, yeah, you're right. You're yeah. right. You're Look right. after your mum, daughters. My precious son. Maybe he's a racist because that son, uh, I don't know if you clocked it, does have a racist teddy. He does. Yes. Yeah, shit. Different times. Very different. <laughs> um, so as uh, I'm saying this is the true story, but some events are based on history. Other characters and storylines are dramatised or composites. I guess you have to do that with this kind of thing. Um, there was still doubt about the fact uh, whether or not the, the film split in two, which raged for years until they found the boat. So right. that's the thing that isn't correct here. The boat doesn't split in two here yeah. when we know it did. Um, that was only confirmed in, in 1985. And that's it for background. Fine. Let's get into it. All right. So the movie opens with footage of... The Titanic? No. No, it can't be. No. I mean, I'm not I very be- good with like this. I believe it's the Lusitania. Right. You're not supposed <laughs> to know that. But you're supposed to go, that's real footage. Mm. And I did, because I'm an idiot. All right, I'm going to contra- contradict myself madly now, because yes, it's not the Titanic. And a woman says, I named the ship Titanic. May God bless her and all who sail in her. That never happened. Did it not? It did not. The they t- didn't need a blessing. They were so certain. They were fine. Well, it was never christened, and it did build up this sort of story. Oh, okay, that it, because it... It was bad luck. Yeah. So yeah. Beca- doomed, to, doomed to sink. It was not the practice of White Star Line. We'll, we'll talk about them, the company who, who built and, and sold the Titanic, uh, to, to do a christening. And so. So they never did one. So all uh, their bolts are cursed. I believe not. Right. And uh, But this is the one that sunk. So we're in 1912. Everyone's proud of the unsinkable Titanic. Uh, we meet Second Officer Charles Lightoller. Uh, Criticising an advert about the ship, not the ship. <laughs> I, I'm with the older man on that train carriage. Don't be snarky. If the toilets are good, that's a massive bonus. Yeah, it's I 1912. Agree. Yes, your appointments aren't always luxurious. Yeah, so I'm with him. I'm with him, absolutely with him. Cannot wait to see the toilets. <laughs> um, uh, that's Light Toilet is played by Kenneth Moore, who's the only star in this film. Uh, you know, we might recognise a few of these actors, but that came uh, came about later. He was the name that helped get this movie made, um, and we sort of meet a few disparate characters who will will follow their journey on the ship. So we yes. meet Sir Richard and his lady ship. They're heading there. Uh, the children are showing their respect by cheering them. Do you know what? I saw that. I was like, you poor kids. At first I thought they were school kids. I was like, well, maybe it's a little diversion. But then like, oh, these are the workhouse children. The workhouse like, children. Your life is so hard. You're in a workhouse anyway. Yeah. And you've got to wave at this horrible rich lady to get your Christmas dinner. What a life. No Christmas turkey. And they're mocked for doing it. I know. It's- <laughs> 
Poor children. <laughs> Terrible life. Uh, we also meet a happy married couple. I don't want them dead. Uh, yeah. And then poor Irish people moving to America want them dead even less. Yeah. <laughs> And she doesn't want to go to no, shit. Terrible. No. Uh, so we're setting sail and it starts out steady as a rock on calm seas. Uh, there are ice warnings ahead. There's a lot of ice warnings. Yeah, so so that's the, I think the difference between these two films is this is all about the technical stuff to do with messages from the ship to the ship, mm. which can be a bit dry. Yeah. Uh, but... As I say, this is the documentary version, effectively, whereas Titanic, sod all that. We won't even include one of these ships. That's it's not even there. Very important, I think, to yeah. tell us part of this story. We want romance. It's because it's so maddening now to a modern audience. To be, like, first of all, I'd forgotten for both of these films, the way you look for icebergs is you literally use your eyes to look for icebergs. Mm. That blows your mind, obviously, yeah. as a modern well, audience. Especially as half of the time it's going to be dark. Yeah, and you, you move quite quickly. See, yeah. You can't see the bloody things. I just can't believe that that was that's all the tech as in yeah no tech yeah uh yeah upsetting um so the captain looks concerned but there's no panic yet um because the titanic can't sink um and also it establishes now that there are messages being sent to shore which causes a problem later it's i guess it's like us not being able to get off our phones right can't these people just just wait just relax and enjoy yourself <laughs> check out the toilets <laughs> Why do you need to send a message right now? Uh, Especially because the message is like, we'll see you next Wednesday. Yeah. The, uh, the Irish are having a sing song. This is, so the, I remember the criticisms of the 97 film at the yes. time, which is like the fetishization of poverty and that when, you, when you're poor, you just get on with everyone else because they're poor. Mm. So there's no fighting, there's no disagreements, there's no factions. Being poor is what unites us all kind of thing. And it is deeply patronising. But it is interesting to see that it's in this one too. Yes, I mean, yeah. Well, that's this is where James Cameron got it from. That's true. <laughs> um, a singer spots a hottie dancing a jig with her. Uh, the rich are having a more stately affair upstairs. There's classical music. There's ball gowns. They're talking about money. Um, all of that's in the '97 one. Um, we see the engine room workers at the coal face. That looks exactly like the James Cameron yeah. one. Yeah. Well, this is exactly what the boat looked like. Yeah. And so he's just recreating what the fact was. So, yeah, it looks tough, though, doesn't it? I oh, mean, God, you get yeah. a sense of the rough work that those people are going through. And they, I mean, that is nonstop, that, that work at the coalface. To make it move. Yeah. Yeah, or not. Uh, more ice reports coming in, more wire messages being sent out, and they get mixed up, and one ice message doesn't make it to the captain. That's right. Uh, Lightoller does the rounds, which introduces us to yet more characters. We see some escape routes options for later so it's doing important stuff for the movie um the irish they're obviously drunk so they can't find their bunks classic irish you're drunk i'm not drunk i'm irish i'm irish no stereotypes here and that's the thing this film be you know just being a modern audience for a second it doesn't if it can if it can drain the jeopardy out of a situation it will and so that's that scene with the people in the corridor who can't find their room is only there to go ha ha look at these drunk people Mm. there's no like oh jeopardy or what will happen to them it's like they're pissed and that's it yeah which is obviously rude but still rude probably true (laughs) (laughs) is it free drink don't know. Well, they brought not their for, own. Not for, not for steerage. Not for steerage, not no. Even a we- not a welcome glass of Prosecco on board. <laughs> uh, the spotters shout, iceberg dead ahead, sir. Now, this, 
Have I done the Mandela effect? I could have sworn blind. I've been on a cruise ship, I should mention. And Iceberg Dead Ahead is what I think of as the most famous line from Titanic 1997. Right. But they do they say Iceberg Right Ahead in 97? And they definitely say Dead Ahead here. And have we all done that thing where we remember something? When we say we all, I mean me. I don't know. I swear to God it was you just, Iceberg you Dead just, Ahead. You've literally just watched Titanic. Could yeah. you not have checked? I should have checked, yeah. yes. Well, I, think, I don't know why you're putting this on me. I think they say Right Ahead and that's incorrect. Okay. It's Dead Ahead. It's Dead Ahead here. <laughs> yeah. uh, and they hit the iceberg, so they raise the alarm, they ring bells and it's too late they've hit um water starts pouring in from the engine room yes so the sequence of water pouring in from the engine room is not from this film it's from the nazi movie from 1943 what the f- splice the footage in? yeah there's four there's four clips to, do you know what sorry intellectual property rights for nazis i don't know where we stand on that. yeah and obviously their their uh racist nazi propaganda film wasn't screened in the uk Right. So, yeah, they so, got hold of the footage. I mean, I'm sure they paid for it. There's a Netflix special in there somewhere, isn't there? Like, we need to finish the film. We can't afford the engine, but the Nazis have got some. Let's steal it for free. So it's two scenes of the ship sailing in calm waters during the day and two of a flooding walkway in the engine room. Wow. So, um, so the director of the Nazi film, um, he, he slagged off uh, what, what the army was doing at one point during filming the german army yeah right and goebbels had him killed uh well uh had him arrested imprisoned and he died in prison oh, immediately dear. oh no yeah did he say about the army you should go was he just like be more brutal or was he like stop doing it, it was disparaging <laughs> remarks about the german army and then he was found hanged in in his uh, cell and oh, it was dear. completed by another uh, director werner klinger who wasn't credited but yeah that guy was called herbert selpin right fascinating story in itself yeah um hit that version had the addition of an entirely fictional uh, heroic german officer peterson on the ship's crew <laughs> intended to demonstrate the superior bravery and selflessness of german men compared That's to the propaganda for you babe yeah what are you gonna do? rock and roll <laughs> uh so we've got posh english people who aren't as brave we've got a rich guy upset that his drinks being splashed fair enough though uh we've got a guy excited that he's found a chunk of ice on deck uh no one he's realizes so excited about that. he's like ah, ice that <laughs> runs through the dining room <laughs> and they've got quite a lot of ice in there already yeah. in their beverages it's everywhere it's everywhere but um it gives you a sense of how there was no realization of how serious it was amongst the passengers at this point yeah um the irish i think they're still drunk they're playing football with the ice yeah that makes it into the into the cameron how do you know which one the ball is <laughs> I don't know. I was, I was just really thinking about it. It would be so easy to cheat when it go. No, another game of football. They all look the same. <laughs> um, so both of these films have uh, the Doc Brown moment, uh, which I always talk about, where Doc Brown pulls out a, a blackboard to explain yep. the plot of Back to the Future Two. <laughs> but here, it's a designer with boat plans, and it's a very important scene to the film because he explains that there's a 300 foot gash below the waterline, uh, why the flooding was ha- is happening, how the ship is going to sink. Uh, the fact that there are 2,200 people on board, there's room in the boats for only 1,200, and it's a situation they've never visualised. So that's the thing that captures the public imagination. This happened a really long time ago, but you do know the story of the Titanic, more or less, sort of growing up. Like, it's, I don't know if it's because it was a, you know, a British ship or whatever, but 
it's totally fucked. And <laughs> it's like, it's so mad. Yeah. All of the elements come back. Obviously, the loss of life is really harrowing. And I've never been that affected by it until this viewing of Titanic, where it absolutely just wiped me out. Yeah. But the hubris of it, the everything of it, that's mm. why it's hooked on us. Because how can you think something is unsinkable and not have run this scenario? And how can your maiden voyage <laughs> be through a deadly iceberg field or whatever? And yet, lots of bad luck as well in terms of the communications not working. The other yeah. ship's not responding. I think if they'd hit the iceberg in any other way, they would have been fine. But just the fact that it slices the, the hole the, below the th- yeah, yeah below the the, the, the waterline is yes. what is what does for them. But they just didn't run any of these scenarios. This no. was, the risk management is poor. Obviously, goes without saying. But that's why I couldn't believe when I first read about it growing up. It's like how could you have ever thought something was unsinkable? That seems wild, anyway. Mm. And then your first time out the trap, you know yeah. that you get got. It's but it is madness. Yeah. And that, and that is why it's a story that has stayed yes, with us yeah. and it will never go away now. Yeah. Um, so they decide to abandon ship uh, pretty quickly uh, as it goes. Uh, quietly, calmly, no alarm, uh, no panic. Uh, and now the Carpathia receives a distress call. Yes. Um, and they're going to head there as fast as possible, but they're 58 miles away. Yeah. Which means they'll reach them in four hours. So the the other ship that's near, is that the California, the one that's not in James Cameron's film? Yes. Might, I can't remember the name of the ship. So that's 10 miles away. Well, there's, diff- there's different uh, estimates of how far it away it is, but it's near enough that it could have done. Yes. It could have saved everyone, effectively. So could someone on the Titanic have rowed 10 miles and waved at them and gone, help, and then got all gone back together? I don't think you can row 10 miles. I, I, that's, I, I am genuinely yeah. asking you because I don't know how uh, far a normal human can row. I've never heard that come up as a way they could have survived. So it's impossible. That's fair enough. Mm. I mean, I certainly couldn't row anywhere, but... <laughs> Sounds tough. It does sound tough. <laughs> um, so um, they start firing distress rockets. Uh, the California wonders why they're doing that. That really maddened me. It's like maybe it normally means help, doesn't it? Like it's not all oh, pretty lights. Watching this, it's hard to understand what is going on. They yeah. sort of half explain it away. But it's it's still not clear. And maybe that's because it was never quite clear to them. I mean, the California you know they 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 ignore they were in the rockets. wrong yeah they were in the wrong but how much were they in the wrong like who it, it's it wasn't so... normal then i suppose like, no there's so much about tech now of which i know very little yeah that doesn't even exist back then yeah so that it's hard to understand from our perspective it is it is um let's take a quick break vicky Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. 
That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. And we're back, uh, and the band is playing on. Uh, You've, oh, you skipped my favorite line in this whole thing. Once they realise, or they should already know, but we already know it, whatever, there's not enough lifeboats. And then I think it's the captain. You've got James Cameron's version of this line is not this, but it's basically half of us are going to die. I think Rose says that, or someone. His version here, the captain, I don't think the Board of Trade Regulations foresaw this. And I, I know which one's more dramatic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's this is the right version. I suppose. Um, the gamblers gamble on. Um, they're all sitting at a right angle now. And we get the first message, women and children first. That's right. Obviously, Vicky would want men first too for equality. <laughs> Equity. <laughs> I mean, I've thought about this. Obviously, if I was just me and Mark and we had no children, or the chi- well, no, no, we'd never had children, then yeah, I'd stay with him. Of course I would. But one of us has got to take the children. So, and both of us would be equally happy for it to be the other, I say, speaking for him, which I can do that legally now. So, um, he would be happy to see me off as long as the children are safe. It's fine. Uh, one woman was very unhappy about this, and that was Molly Brown afterwards said it shouldn't, that's not how it should have gone. How do you do it, though? Because women and children first is uh, to stop panic, isn't it? Because. Well, especially. Uh, so, I think women and children was like a chivalrous concept from the past yeah I, I get why actually if, if you have not got enough lifeboats and you have to decide yes i think that is the logical one just from like men being a bit stronger and having a bit more stamina and being able to be in the bit, water longer yeah to yeah. have a, a slight they've got a slightly more of an advantage you can't, right, so you, the way it runs is like it's this is sexist and i don't like this but children are looked after by women i don't agree with you know i don't agree yeah. with that but you cannot leave the children to fend for themselves so it's children first yeah so the women accompany the children and then you know then what do you, there is i think it's this one where there's a teenage boy that's always really yeah a naughty thing isn't it's it a question that mark. is a child he's not yeah. a man why should he have to die with the other men yeah well, I think they do let him on as well, don't they? they? Do, but yeah. it's questioned at first yeah. how old he is and, that's and how terrifying. big he is. Yeah. Yeah. Horrible thought. Yes. Um, so one woman refuses because she doesn't want to catch her death of cold. So a lot of the women in this, yep. I knew you, you must have known I was going to do this. The men are like, don't be so ridiculous. She's like, I can't jump and it's freezing. And like some of the women, apart from Molly, are either unhelpful, mm. awful. The other one later where she's like, well, I feel terribly unwell or whatever. Yeah. Or they just cannot cope with the fact that they are being encouraged to survive. All you've got to do is make one jump. But she's like, I just couldn't possibly. One, one woman refuses because it looks dreadful. <laughs> And another gets annoyed because wearing the life vest hurts. 
Silly women. Uh, some women are desperate to retrieve their jewels. Yeah. Now, that's what everybody says. You know, you, oh, you read, I can't think, SAS Survival, whatever. If you're in a situation, do not go back for your stuff. You just have to move immediately and mm. get out of there. And the people that survive, they say, are the people that are best at that. Like, they just, they don't freeze. They don't panic. Mm. It, you know, fight or flight. Very much flight. Like, get out of there. Yeah. Well, I think uh, Honor Blackman's husband, he very coolly sends her upstairs. Like, he, he says to her, to go, she needs to go upstairs. And she says, she sort of questions him. Oh, because he lies to her. No, I don't think he does. Do you think he does? It's I feel all like, done in looks because he's yeah, the man who says I, to the captain, I'm not the panicking type. And then the, or to Mr. Andrews. And then Mr. Andrews is like, yeah, this is going to sink. And then his face is like, I'm going to throw up. I am panicking. And then he, he says to his wife, we he, should do what he says. He lies to his wife because he's not trying to say what's happening in front of the children. Who but are he, asleep? He very firmly says, get upstairs. You need to go upstairs. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, the little boy, uh, Tom, is sleeping with his racist teddy, yeah. as I mentioned. Uh, they shut the doors on steerage. Uh, yes. So this must have really happened. Yeah. Yes. Lots of great details here. Uh, the workers don't know if they'll be allowed to leave. So what do they do? I don't know. Have a cup of tea. They do. That's <laughs> what I mean. All the women are like freaking out. And the men are like, drink. Yes, I will have a cup of tea. Thank you so much. And they're very stoked. They're like, well, we dealt a bad hand here. We're going to die, but it's okay. Um, they keep firing the rockets. Uh, someone on the Californian says, maybe I'd better tell the captain. And we're you screaming at the telly. <laughs> um, you should not be in that job. You are a rubbish naval officer. Uh, the baker is getting drunk. God, I love this subplot. Yeah. I absolutely love that person. And all completely true. You know, right. he gave testimony about, and doctors were trying to figure out how he survived because he so alcohol. Yeah, but alcohol's supposed to make you get hypothermia quicker rather it than slower. Is, yeah. But they said it was just the right temperature and the right amount that it actually kept him steady. <laughs> and he says he doesn't even remember f- feeling cold at any point. He's an amazing character. That and he, is and so he, lucky. And he really did. Um, he was taking chairs and like tying them together and chucking them to people. And, it's clever. You know, it's really clever. Yeah. What? A, I mean, he's a legend. He is a legend. Because the thing is, when he started drinking, he will not have thought, do you know what? The temperature outside is just about right. That if I drink <laughs> yeah. enough of this, I'll stay alive. So he was obviously like, well, this is it. Yeah. And it's one of those things as well. When you watch, you think, oh, they've added that in for comic relief. Yes. No, this is entirely true. And this is quite a famous person from the Titanic. Yeah. Um, so you've got the tearful farewells now. You've got wives not wanting to leave husbands. Um, you've got one older lady even decides to stay to be with her husband. Yes. Idiot. I know. Um, the, I think you, you were going to mention this. The husband, uh, that other husband says, goodbye, my dear son. Yeah. Having said to his daughters, see ya. <laughs> then gives my, my son a kiss. <laughs> um, the band play on, on deck now. Uh, a bloke gets kicked off one of the small boats. A woman a woman needs a lucky pig. Um, oh, yeah, that's but weird. That's but that's true, the, the pig stuff. I think they were just trying to put in these little colourful boats that moments that people know happened, but you don't need everything. You don't need everything, because most people don't know most things. So the lucky pig is like, I hope that... I did, well, I'm just looking at it from like, I would could do with a modern film, yes. like a structure to it. I think there's a story where maybe the, the woman gave her lucky pig to the director of this film and maybe that's why it was included. She bought her way in. <laughs> <laughs> um, but hysteria starting now. Uh, so the captain orders arms and ammunition. Mm. Uh, the steerage, they grab an axe, as you would. Yeah, you would. They're told that they'll be arrested. Try it, mate. Fine. <laughs> yeah, no, what not, do you know what? That's great. Take, I'd love to survive to be arrested. To, take me to a prison. <laughs> um, but the officers grab their guns um, and... I guess the upsetting thing that we, we know now and it's in this film is that boats, uh, lifeboats were going out before they were full. So why is that? Do we know? I think panic just setting in. And they were just like, just get out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I th- you know, I, 
and I guess there's diff- you know accounts differ quite a lot because everyone experienced different things that survived this. But you can imagine. Let's just get the next one in and get the next one and yeah. and and um, it's not right. It's not good. And and who knew what at what point as well in terms of how organized. Yeah. yeah. So they send the last rocket up and they can't understand why the nearby boat is ignoring them. No one can. Um, the stress signals are sent out, but the California's radio operator was off duty, apparently, which doesn't help matters. Um, uh, Ismay, who's an important character in both films, he is the chairman of White Star Line. Right. And in both films, it's almost identical. What happens yeah. is he steps on one of the last lifeboats. He sneaks that, on. There is a space for him. Uh, he's. It's sort of... He's given a shameful look when yes. he does it. They look down on him and he looks shamefully back. And then I think it's in Cameron's one, but I think it might be here as well. He can't bring himself to look at what's happening as his boat goes away. And, yep. and he he led a very miserable life. I think he was never allowed to forget what he did. Uh, he felt terrible guilt. Um, he was the chairman of White Star Line. So, he, you know, there's an element that he was one of the people responsible for this yeah. but you know he and like some some men that survived this felt they shouldn't have survived when they were mm. children and, and people who didn't but yeah maybe deserved to so uh you've got panic breaking out on the deck light on a Pfizer's gun <laughs> um it doesn't do much good uh, a bloke you, you start seeing people now diving in off the sides yes um Here's a, a story from Wikipedia about this film. Okay. Uh, one day during shooting, survivor Lawrence Beasley famously gate-crashed the set. He infiltrated during the sinking scene, hoping to go down with the ship, Why? but was discovered by the director who ordered him off and vetoed this unscheduled appearance due to actor union rules. <laughs> right. Thus, as Julian Barnes puts it, for the second time in his life, Beasley <laughs> left the Titanic just before it was due to go down. <laughs> That's there's some darkness in there. <laughs> it's not for a laugh, is it? Like it's the most traumatic experience that most people can not even have a clue what that's like. And he's like, I'm gonna break in and do it again though. Was I think. it a suicide attempt? No, but like God no. Like some sort of ideation. I don't know. I don't know. I mean they were shooting it at Rice Lip Lido. <laughs> Those things are fucking freezing. They are. No, famously. Like, famously, when Kenneth Moore went in, he said he couldn't believe how cold it was and telling the other actors. Some people do it for leisure. It's madness. You got to pay for this. It is weird. I jog past at Tooting Bet Lido uh, sometimes, uh, and and in the dead of winter, seeing people having that lunchtime swim. Yeah, it's very good for you, apparently. All power to them, all respect to them. But are you okay? I mean, I've only. What did I do? I went in Hampstead Ponds once, and I thought I was. breath caught so much i was like well i'm dead like i will not surface because yeah. it's too cold i mean i don't know is it good for you who knows i was reading somewhere there's like a titanic museum or something like that where they've got um like a, a, a whatever like a little pool that's the same temperature as the sea was that no night way. and you can put your hand in just you know to, what? just to feel it the and... uh, cruise liner that i've been on that uh she set sail from southampton right so it's quite common to go to do the titanic thing before you get on the boat which mm. i think is insane now that yes. i look back on that we got there a day early went to the pub and then i think we went to the titanic the annex i think in southampton yeah. just before we got on a cruise ship for two weeks were you okay with that? No, I thought it was a brilliant idea at the time. Uh, then when I got on the cruise ship, I thought it was a terrible idea. Mm. Uh, I didn't. And then they make you do. Oh God, it's so awful. They make. They should do this before you're allowed to go to your cabin. They make you do the safety thing where they you practice putting on the life belt just in case, and they show you a muster station and things like that. But you've just been to the Titanic exhibition. You're hungover. You're me, by the way. You don't want to. You be were doing drunk that. at the Titanic exhibition. <laughs> no, Are you a baker? <laughs> 
<laughs> like, Where's the brandy? <laughs> this is just in case I go in. <laughs> Apparently, if the temperature's just right outside. <laughs> this bloke survived twice. Once in 1958, once in 1997. I'll be fine. Um, so they ask if anyone is a sailor, at which point I'd have claimed I've sailed around the world solo a couple of times. <laughs> yeah. I'd also be like, do you need to be a sailor to row a boat? No. Um, Mr. Guggenheim, the famous Guggenheim family, he yeah. dresses in black tie now, so he and his valet can go down like gentlemen. The valet, you've got to feel sorry for. Yes. Like, that is a paid position. I think that would be the moment I might leave my job. <laughs> like, I've loved this. Yes, I've loved this. I've loved you, but I am tendering yes. my notice Thank now. Thank you so much for the <laughs> opportunity, but I would try and find employment elsewhere. <laughs> you've had the trappings of a gentleman your whole life. I have not, Yes, yeah, they'd be absolutely fuck all for years. <laughs> I also think it's such a, it's fun and it's of its time. Very privileged thing because he says to someone I'd like Mrs Guggenheim to know that I'd had decency and it's like if I survive this my priority is not finding Mrs G and being like just god I had to tell you he popped his best suit on and he was fine people were different then though. they were they had they, this well is the this war- is what you think the, the class rigidity yep. of class yeah yeah not for me not for me either. Uh, so the Titanic goes down, that the boat's submerging now. There's a great tracking shot of people running uphill and jumping and being knocked overboard. Um, you can see why this was the most expensive film of all time made in yeah. Britain. Uh, it's I think up it there looks good for the time. I really do. Even the miniatures, when you know it's a miniature, sure. I think they're still pretty good. I agree. I think they hold up. Um, it's the end, boys. We've done our duty. We can go now, uh, says the band leader. But the violin starts and they go on. The cellist is singing, is going now it's as well. the most dignified, moving yeah. thing. I loved it. I agree. I mean... I can't play an instrument, but mm. I would want to do my bit. And so I think <laughs> I would set up a live podcast <laughs> just to give something, someone, people a bit of joy. Do you know what? To give something back. Yeah. And I think that's right. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't do Speed 2 <laughs> or Under Siege. Tip top. Poseidon, we wouldn't do. But, you know, give them a laugh. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's what you, that's your gift. And you yes. give that gift back yeah. to the world. Now, respect to the band who did play on. It's it's questionable about what music they played. Uh, we might talk about that on Thursday. Yeah. But um, Lightoller and Cool uh, and Co. They fall in with the collapsible boat. The drunk chef throws chairs to people in the water. Um, the designer Andrews, who's an important character in both films as well, we've got this moment of him staring at Approach to the New World, this painting. Um, he's going to go down with the ship. He's also looking at a clock yes. in both films. Um, if only he had more time. If only. <laughs> um, but he's quite a dignified character or in both of these films. different. If I designed it better. better. Uh, a man helps a little lost boy. Um He's probably going to die. Yeah, I think so. Um, and now it's tipping on its side and we hear the screams. Uh, this is the moment that Ismail can't look. Uh, they're sliding down the deck now. It's a, a proper right angle. People are leaping for their lives. Um, and yeah, it sinks. Uh, Molly Brown insists they row to help people in the water. Uh, I believe this is true. Um, they have the debate over helping people and being swamped. Yeah, it's a hard one, isn't it? It's, t- it's rough, but... Oh, take the chance and help more people, wouldn't you? I know. I, well, I don't think you, everyone else would agree with you because as someone said, they're right. You know, the boat will be swamped. We'll all go in. You save you save as many as you can and that might mean not going back for people. I don't know. All right. Horrible, I'll, horrible situation. If this is what you want, I will leave you. <laughs> Sorry, buddy. You are on your own. Um, this is when they find the coward pretending to be a woman. What a coward. Um, they're having to push people off now. Uh, you're seeing, you're seeing, uh, people freeze and drown. Uh, 
And the, the, the California notice is, that big steamer seems to have gone now, it's sir. It's gone. <laughs> oh, well, what was that? Dunno. They enter it into the log. <laughs> yeah. Um, that bolt's disappeared. And Lightoller takes charge here. Um, he sails an upside-down rowboat. Now, I liked this very much because mm. I'd not seen it in James Cameron's Titanic. Mm. So it was a treat because it was something new. Yeah. Oh, and also when that woman sets fire to her hat, I loved that. Yeah, yeah. Love that bit. Lightoller puts a dead kid in the water. Oh, yeah. Uh, not sure if, if that's true. Um, I don't believe it is, but there were, you know, things like this did happen. Uh, they lower a, a dead man over the side. Um, but that means that the drunk baker can come on board. Well, this is the thing. It's, it's easier to be less sentimental about that. Like, it's obviously very, very terrible. That's someone's body. Yeah. But if it means you save an actual alive person at that point, that's a f- bit more of an easy decision to make than whether or not to roll back for people, I think. Yeah. Like those Argentinians eating their mates. Exactly. In the plane yeah. crash. You might as well. Might as well. Um, the Carpathia is coming now, and... Um, they're basically, some of them will now be saved. And so we've got Lightola um, listing everything that went wrong from the speed to the sighting to the lifeboats. And he says this, this quote, we were so sure, even though it's happened, it's still unbelievable. I don't think I'll ever feel sure about anything ever again. Which is a really interesting perspective that you, I didn't really get any time I've seen the James Cameron one because we've moved quite we've sort of I feel like we've moved past this thing could never sink when you're grown up now you're like of course it can sink because it did and so it's Mm. a sort of the idea that yeah nothing will be certain ever again because they were so sure but to us it seems absolutely wild that they were ever that certain about anything I don't know. I don't agree. I think. I think still. I mean, we've had to. We've had to take Concord out of action recently. Yes. Because but that... did we say it was unexplodable? No. But we we still think these things are gonna are gonna be all right. Yeah. Yeah. He, 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 talking about the hubris of building it, really. Yeah. Um, and not putting enough lifeboats on. Yeah. Seven hundred and five survivors. One thousand five hundred lost. Uh, at this point, the California wants to know if it can help. Um, and like Honor says, no, because everything that was humanly possible has been done. Sort of. So. So yeah, it's a it's a very very grim ending. Um, yes, they, they chose to end on a dour note, which is something James Cameron did not do. That's true. He ends on a very odd note. Well, he 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 gives the Titanic a happy ending, which he is we'll does. get into on Thursday. Yeah, that's true. Um, so yeah, that is the end of the film. Um, Vicky, what was your favourite scene? Well, you're not going to like it, but that couple, the happy couple, I found them very annoying. So I like it when they get crushed by the funnel off the top of the ship. Okay. Sorry. Uh, I like the man helping the little boy, the man who works on the ship, yeah. because he, we know that boy's going to die. He knows that boy's going to die, but he takes his hand because he doesn't want him to die alone. It gives him comfort, yeah. I think that's a really movie. It's just a little moment, but it's like, oh, the, the generosity, the humanity there yeah. to do that. It's you, really... Your, your moment's better than mine, definitely. It really moved me. Uh, most valuable whatever. I think you know. Drunk Baker. Yeah. Sure. I love that he gets to live and that he gets a laugh at the end where he's like, oh, because he hiccups or he burps yeah. or whatever. And he's like, it's the cold. It's like, that's brilliant. Yeah. yeah. And it... It's great that it's real because it gives it gives needed levity because it is a tough watch. Um, it's so grim, but yeah, he is a bit of joy. Uh, I'm going to say Walter Lord because this is all because of him, this author who pulled together all these stories, uh, wrote the book that this film's based on, and as I said, he served as consultant on 1997. So he is the man responsible for both of these movies. Uh, Vicky, what would you change? Yeah, this is very sprawling, but I am used to not a docudrama I'm used to a drama with some storytelling and I think that 
there are hints at character stuff. Mm. The gambling, the motivations, desires of all these people, all these couples we spend time with. But the most dramatic moments don't land as dramatically as they could. And you wouldn't be betraying anything to me as, you know, a modern yep. audience. So abandon ship. And everyone's like, yep, I'll abandon ship. Iceberg dead ahead. You know, James Cameron goes potentially too far yep. in connecting real life dramatic moments with made up character dramatic moments but that is what I need really I need something happening and it connects with a personal story mine's the same oh is it yeah I've written down I need to spend more time with those specific characters introduced at the start or different ones because I think it needs more of a through line I find it hard to distinguish them which is black and whiteness and me being lazy but I did lose the thread of who's who and also cutting between the ships I was like I don't really know what ship we're on but that's me you know no there's a lot of that and you don't need as much of that also you know they're playing the hymn uh, that we're nearer to heaven Play something more upbeat. Yeah. You know, give me a bop. Yeah, give me, give me a beat. Yeah, I know, for sure. I know, I know I'm getting nearer to heaven or the other place. <laughs> um, don't, don't tell me. <laughs> uh, so I think we're done. That's lovely. Uh, clue for next week. I've got one if you haven't or have uh, you got one. I, God, I should, but I haven't. Sorry. Yeah, I've got one. Go on. Um, next week, it's all about siege mentality. Oh, lovely. I can never have done better than that. And that's your lot. So thanks for spending the last 45 minutes with us. Pow. If you enjoyed what you heard, uh, do give us a like or a subscribe. Or better still, give someone the gift of Clash this year by directing them to an episode. Just not singles or reality bites. <laughs> Chris, you can't do that. You've not even listened what? to them. I'm scared. You shouldn't be scared. I'm scared. There's nothing to be scared of. When people of. start tweeting us going, wow. Oh. Wow. Oh, yeah, I don't funny, know any of that. Funniest shows ever. <laughs> oh, what, what did I do? What it's, did we do? It's just the Friday beers, that's all. All right. All right, maybe those ones. Um, but yes, thanks for listening, and we'll be back on Thursday to talk Titanic. Clash of the Titles is a stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network. 